0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. How are you today?
0: I am recuperating. I, as you know, I went to a festival the other day. What day is it now? It's Monday. I went on Saturday. And mm-hmm. I'm still paying the rent, <laughs> but I got to see the Foo Fighters, yay, it was Here a really com- great show they 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 sounded amazing from wherever you were at the festival. This was an open out you know outdoor festival where you just kind of like walked around. There were two. Two different stages. I, I kept thinking of you the whole time because we were talking about concerts and going to concerts, and you were regaling us with all the stories in a previous previous episode. And I think it, I think it caused me to get the itch to to go. So when a friend invited me, she had an extra ticket. I was like, yeah, I think I think I should go do that. I think it's time to to get out and live again, as the foos would say. Yeah. So, Not a fan of the Foo Fighters, their music, but I think Dave Grohl is a great guy. Same, same thing, same thing. But I will tell you, I, 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 was, I haven't sent it to you yet. But we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh, "What is that?" Like we're listening to them. You know, they're they're playing through their set. We had gotten out of the crowd because I was trying to keep away from from large hordes of people, and uh, they were playing, uh, they were playing Tom Petty. They were playing uh, "Get Down." Uh, what was it called? Anyway, it was a, it was a really good set. I'll send you. I'll send you the clip, and and you'll know what I'm talking about. They did a they did a Queen song. They did Tom Petty, and I think they did something else. Um, so it wasn't all just their music. They were doing you know other songs too. But it was amazing. The sound was just really really great. No matter where you were, it wasn't it wasn't overly loud either. Like I, I wasn't my ears weren't like hurting. You know maybe because it was outside.
1: Yeah, but, and you were far is, enough
0: away. Yeah. Yeah. Was it breakdown? Breakdown? Breakdown, go ahead. Go give ahead. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. breakdown. Breakdown, that's what they did. That's what they did. I just heard the first couple of like uh notes of it and I said to my friend I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're playing they're playing a Tom Petty song."
1: So it was just it done was the just surprising. They've done the Bee Gees too, which was pretty funny.
0: Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was a it was a little uh A picture and a little a little video clip. I thought that was really funny. They're they're just they're very funny. That's that's what I like about them. Yeah, I'm not like a a major fan. Like I don't know all their songs, I don't know all the lyrics, and that's kind of the funny thing is I, I wore a mask the whole time. Like even though I was outside, there were just a lot of concentrated areas of people. And once we like we could have gone to if we would have gotten there early, I mean there was there was a possibility of being able to get right up to the stage, but we just did not want to get stuck. You know what I mean? Once you get up there, there was like thousands of people there. There was this, I don't, I can't remember the last time I've been around that many people. I mean, like. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah. that's what happens to us when we're sitting on the lawn, when we go to the concerts in the summer, when you try to get up and you, you're climbing over people yeah. and you have to go to the bathroom because yeah. you're sitting on the lawn, as opposed to sitting inside the amphitheater, yeah. at least you're covering sidewalks. Yeah. You people know, you're going down it. the people sidewalk, traffic. but when you're on the lawn and some people, they won't even move their leg that's sticking out and you're climbing over people and then you're trying to figure out, okay, now I have to go back to where I was. Where was yeah, I? How, yeah. <laughs> Navigating through people is really, really And difficult it's dark. And scary. I mean it's one yeah. thing it's one thing when it's six o'clock and the sun is still shining, but yeah. at this point when it's nine o'clock at night and you're like, Where hmm. was I sitting?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing, though, to, you know, to bring it back to technology, I thought it was really great, because my friend and I, it was just my friend and I that went it wasn't like a group or anything. It was just us two women. And I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised that we were able to keep track of each other, because there were times when we got separated. That was the the bad thing about it was there was just a lot of lines. I, I think it was just maybe it was poor show planning. But I think it was also a little bit of like, everybody had the same idea. Everybody was like, we need to get out. We just need to get out. Here's this festival. It's going to be out outdoors. I think everybody had the same idea. And there were just so many people. And I just don't know if they were prepared for that many people. There was a lot of lines, a lot of long lines that moved very, very slowly. So that's why I'm still recuperating. Um, But Mm -hmm. so my friend and I got separated, you know, a lot of times, I think we spent, I think we spent the majority of the time in lines and like more away from each other than we hung out together. So that was kind of a, a bad thing. It was like a learning experience, though. But, you know, overall, though, it was like a communal experience, like everywhere you went, you're walking around and you're whether you were like close to all the people or close to the stage or way far back and away from it all, which is where we eventually went. Everybody was just kind of singing along. Everybody was just kind of dancing and grooving and doing their own thing. And every once in a while, somebody would, you know, people would just break out in the chorus. You know, it was like that was totally acceptable behavior. <laughs> so it was just a very, it was a very cool event.
1: I'm, I'm glad I, that I went. I, see why I love concerts? And oh, did yeah. I tell yeah. you that I made another concert purchase for this upcoming yeah. late spring, mm-hmm. early summer? Oh, Paul McCartney. I'm going to see Paul McCartney. And this is for the second time? For the second time, we're driving out to Syracuse. Wow. Even my husband, when I told my husband about it, he's like, get tickets. And that's the only time. Wow. Billy Joel and Paul McCartney. Only time. I mean, he's excited. I'm like, are you excited? Yeah. Did he hit his head? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, No, because Paul McCartney was like our favorite concert (laughs) ever.
0: Oh, well, that'll be fun because then you're both excited about it. Whereas there's been a couple of times where he just kind of because he loves you, he puts up with it. (laughs)
1: That's normally <laughs> what happens. Like, yeah, yeah okay, I'll go. Like, we're oh, we're really lucky have... to
0: have husbands who are very supportive about us, like, getting out and having a good time. Like, yes, go, go, have a good time. I'll drive you, you know, or I'll put up with you kind of a thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, he does the driving and he goes with me. It's not yeah. like he drives me and drops me off. It's like, okay, dear, we're going to see this one and this one and this one. Yeah. And, I, and usually I'll text him at work. I'm like, I can get a $20 Groupon for so-and-so because <laughs> he, he's like, okay.
0: Yeah. Now, my husband would be like that, too. I think I think maybe that will happen. Maybe that'll be our goal as the kids get older and start kind of doing their own thing. But we're not there yet. So maybe maybe when the kids are older, maybe that'll happen to us. That'll be nice. Well,
1: it depends on who you like, because I think it was either last night or the night before we were laying in bed before we turned the light off. And he says, what are we going to do when we're 75? Because we won't <laughs> be going to concerts anymore. I said, why do you I said, I keep telling you that. That's why we're going now. I said, yeah. everybody we like is going to be dead. Right. <laughs> or you won't be able to hear them. <laughs> so, no, I'll be able to hear them. He yeah. might not. Uh. But I said, that's that's why I'm going to see all these artists now, because yeah. so many of them are in their 70s. I mean, Paul McCartney, right. I believe when we see him, it's the week before his 80th birthday. Wow. That and you amazing. might go, oh, my God, I can't believe you're seeing someone who's 80 years old. <laughs> They're still rocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, Great. Mick Jagger, when we saw the Rolling Stones, he is a great grandfather. Yeah, yeah. And he had just are, had heart surgery are they in their 80s about. Now? I think they're all in their 70s. But still, Mick Jagger had had heart surgery four months prior to when we saw him. You would never know that. He's up there dancing and singing and playing guitar. And, you know, Rod Stewart, we go to see. It, they're all in their mid to late 70s, but they're still kicking it. And when it gets to the point what they're not is when we will stop seeing them and they'll probably stop touring.
0: Yeah, like Dave Grohl's only a few years older than I am.
1: Yeah, he's still young.
0: Yeah, he's still really young. But it is, it is really cool to watch people in your own age cohort rocking and having a good time. And you're like, oh. See, I could be doing that if I had my own personal massage, massage and my own personal, you know, therapist and, and exercise person and somebody to keep me going. But, yeah. I, no,
1: mean, I mean, think about it. Billy Joel sells out Madison Square Garden every single month. He has a residency at Madison oh, Square wow. Garden. He plays once a month. He's been doing mm-hmm. it for years, minus, you know, mm-hmm. minus COVID. And he sells out every single month. Wow. Mm. That's what keeps them. That's what keeps them going. It yeah. must
0: be their lifeblood. You know. I think it has to
1: be. Yeah. I mean, if he did not put on a good show, people would not be buying tickets,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: That's or they, the or thing.
0: even if he did put on a bad show, people that love him might still keep going. I don't know.
1: Mm. <laughs> Actually, we've seen. Billy I mean, everybody's Joel... got to have to have like their off
0: times. Like, what if they get sick? Like, how do they? How do I they mean, push but... through that.
1: I have gone like there was even a Tom Petty show that I wasn't overly enthused with. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like, okay. one time we saw Billy Joel. I was not I was like, eh, but I think it was because I'd had a medical procedure done earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of just out of it anyway. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like you said, they're not feeling well or maybe they had a personal tragedy happen Mm -hmm. and they're still playing through it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe someone passed away in their family or whatever the case may be. When you read the reviews and you hear that, okay, they weren't good at this show, but they were great at the next show, you know it was a one-off. It's like when you go to a restaurant, maybe you have a bad meal once, Mm -hmm. but overall your meals are really good at that particular restaurant. Mm -hmm. Okay, the chef had a bad night. Okay, it happens. Same thing with these performers. I mean, they're not going to be on point Mm -hmm. every single performance. Right. You know, they're humans.
0: And it's the performance that makes the experience. Because, like I said, this this type of venue with the lines, it was that part was horrible. And everybody, I think, would agree that it was horrible to have to stand in so many lines. And you know, it was it was an all day festival with like lots of bands. There must have been like I don't know a dozen bands or something between two different stages. And the whole time we were there, we stood in lines, and so we really only got to see the Foo Fighters. But that's all that mattered. When I when I was standing there and you know being around all those people, really kind of. Weirded me out because I wasn't used to it. I mean, this was my first time really getting out and being around people, you know, it's really, really odd. I, I went from doing like absolutely like nothing and like staying home and just doing the bare, you know, bare essentials to this. And I was like, it was a bit of a shock to my system. But, you know, I wore my mask the whole time. And I just really tried to put a lot of space between myself as best I could. But watching everybody else have such a great time. I mean, I was having a good time, too. But but watching everybody just be so happy and, uh, you know, people were, you know, pushing each other, not pushing each other. They were like trying to get through the line or, you know, trying to move around a little bit. And people were saying, Oh, sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry, excuse me. Like people were actually really polite about it as people were trying to navigate. Everybody was just really nice to each other. My friend was was dancing a lot. And she accidentally <laughs> stepped on the foot of the guy behind her. And she, she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And he said, Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Like he was so happy to see her, her happy because he was jumping around too. And just witnessing, witnessing that was was really, really cool. Like there was a, yeah. a girl that got cold and she I guess she didn't plan very well for, for the evenings because that's the thing about Arizona. When the sun goes down, the sun goes down and it gets cold really fast like minutes you know it just seems like oh my god the temperature just drops really fast and then unless you're prepared for that is going to get cold so you know we were smart enough to have like a shawl and you know things and there was a girl who was in a tank top and she was like can I buy that off of you like my friend had the shawl, she was like (laughs) here you can have it (laughs) because everybody's kind of been there and done that and the people next to us were like Oh, you're good people. <laughs> you know, <so laughs> it was it was like a love fest. Everybody was really being kind to each other. But what I was going to say about the technology aspect of it, so um First of all, being separated any other time, I think, you know, before cell phones, I would have been freaking out like, Oh, my God, where's my friend? How do I? How do we meet each other back at a spot? But what was great was we were able to text each other and say, Okay, meet me at the water station or meet me at, mm-hmm. you know, this merch line or something like that. And we were able to find each other really easily again. So I'd never felt that anxiety of like, Oh, my God, how am I gonna get my friend back? You know what I mean? So that was great. So that worked out really, really well. And the other thing that was really, really cool was, I, I, have you done this where they give you a, a wristband and it no. has a, a chip inside of it? So here's no. a here's an FYI for anybody that goes to a festival, or you, or you especially, if you ever go to a festival where there's going to be, I should have brought it so I could show you, where there's going to be a wristband that you have to put on, it has this little tiny plastic barrel in it, and I guess it has teeth or something, and when you go to put it on... You have to make sure that you cinch it as tight as is comfortable for you because you're not going to be able to back out and make it any looser. Once you pull it tight, that's it. And unfortunately, my friend she went to grab it, and I think she grabbed the barrel or something, and she was fidgeting with it, and she pulled it too tight, and all she could do was get her fingers through it. So she they they charge you, they charge you extra if you do that. They don't just like give oh. you a no band, yeah. So you have to pay like twenty bucks. So so just be aware anytime. So I'm just talking about like the the, the technical aspect of it because these these wristbands are high tech now. They have I guess like an RFID chip or something in them and they have a code on the back of them, and it's registered to you and only you. The way that this worked out was we actually, uh, there was a QR code that you scanned, you know, it came in the mail, it was all official, and because I'm a little leery about scanning QR codes after I found out what people were talking about after the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, it was, a, it was verified by the company, and you link your, you can choose either PayPal or Venmo. Those were the two um, cashless payment systems that they that they went with. And you link this band. You scan the code. I guess the I guess the QR code is registered to the bands that they mail you, and you scan that and you hook it up to your PayPal and you register it and you give it your phone number and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you can link it to that. And so what happens then is it gets you into into the entrance gates. You you just take your wrist and you. It's kind of like you're like an Apple watch. It's basically the same thing as Mm -hmm. an Apple watch, except it's this wristband. So first of all, make sure that you don't make it too tight. Make sure you pay really good attention to how tight you're going to put that wristband on. Because also another thing was mine was on pretty tight. And there was something that they did with cups to try to reduce the waist. And to get people to recycle, and there was a code on the back of the wristband, and you could register with that code, and then you could like win a prize or get a money credit or something like that for returning your cup. Well, my wristband was so tight, I could I could barely flip it over to even look at the code. So that's another thing to, to keep in mind. So put it on tight that it's not going to fall off, but not so tight that you can't flip it or interact with it or, you know, get it off when when the time comes. I mean, I just ended up having to cut mine off when I got home. But then the chip that's in these in these wristlets means and because you're you hook it to your cashless payment system. It's just like an Apple Watch. And when you want to buy food, drinks, alcohol, anything, it is like super easy. And like my friend said, almost too easy to buy stuff, you just boop your wrist on the payment terminal. And you have to have a four digit pin. And you enter that four-digit PIN, and it pays for your meal. And you don't have to worry about a receipt or, or anything. It just deducts it. And like we were talking about pre-show, the other cool thing was because we both use Rakuten. Uh, my meal was all paid for. The The food that I ended up buying was all paid for by Rakuten points. So I was pretty happy about that. So
1: I that's, think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. I think it also keeps the line moving quicker. It's so that if you're having to fumble in your wallet and look for money and... You know the germs with money, and then what if mm-hmm. the the cashier runs out of change? Well, and the just lines were everything super go, long.
0: The lines were go a little so bit quicker. Here, I can't I can't even imagine how much longer the lines would have been yeah. if they had to yeah. deal with,
1: with cash. As long as yeah. you, as an individual, realize how much money you're spending. So you like mm-hmm. like your friend was saying, you know, so if, if a beer a is fifteen dollars, yeah. you don't get a beer, and then another beer, and then another beer, mm-hmm. and then you check your PayPal and you go, oh my god, I spent a hundred dollars. Well, it was pretty good about sending you an email right away. So occasionally, I would check my emails
0: or my texts or something. I don't think it was a text, but I think it was an email. So I got a receipt for every single thing. So, but see, I'm personally, I'm just very money conscious, <laughs> just because I don't have a lot of it. So I really pay attention to that kind of stuff. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't a, as much of an issue as it might be for other people. But yeah, so that was the really cool technical technical experience of being able to find my friends you know with with texting she was on an android and i was on an apple phone and that didn't seem to matter so we were able to to keep in touch with each other throughout we couldn't it was we were having a hard time when we were in the crowd texting people cuz i don't know if it was just all of the people like all of the bodies forming some kind of a a barrier to the signal or i don't know if maybe they were jamming the signal to prevent People from streaming the music, but I don't know, we we had a hard time texting people while we were in that, that bubble there. So once we got out, then we were able to text again, but trying to send anything like a picture, forget about it. So that was a little difficult. So. But I think that that was actually good because I caught myself a couple of times, like, you know, texting my family and stuff and then thinking to myself, I really should be present here. I should remember we were talking about phones and then phones and concerts. And I was thinking about that, too. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of phones up in the air. And I was like trying to be really conscientious about how high I was holding my phone. But like everybody was doing it. So but, you know, you could just see people were just trying to capture their moment. And like, I'm actually here. This is I'm actually this is part of my history now. This is really, really cool. So, yeah, it was a good experience and and a geeky one at that. (laughs) And we're going to talk about some other geeky things.
1: Yeah. So uh, this is Episode 371, and we want to talk about some useful utilities. And first one we wanted to talk about comes from MacPaw. And, Melissa, you want to talk a little bit about MacPaw as a company? What's going on with them?
0: Well so first of all they are based in the Ukraine and the thing to know about them um, first and foremost is they are they're very active politically they're um, you can go and read their newsletter and get a good education on what's actually happening happening they're communicating with the public and um, as a business as they make a lot of the software that that we all use and first and foremost they you know put out there they said you know don't worry about your your data your your software, like it, they're still going to be able to support it. That They've been preparing for this for a long time, which is really kind of sad in and of itself, don't you think? I mean, yeah. the fact that they've kind of always lived with this looming threat. And so they've been prepared by, you know, making sure that their their software, the actual software is stored on remote servers and, you know, that things are safe from the attacks and that kind of thing. But um, I'll put the link in the show notes and I encourage everybody to go and read their newsletter and um see what kinds of uh education they're they're putting out there but they're we uh we support them and we support them in many ways and you know financially we want to encourage people to use their software and support them monetarily not just them but you know the people of ukraine so that's what yeah. i wanted to say about that did you have anything mm-hmm. you wanted to add
1: no no you pretty much covered it um The reason why I brought up MacPaw was because, as I said earlier, we're talking about utilities that we use on a regular basis. And one of the utilities that I use is SetApp. And full disclosure, I was given a license to use SetApp in exchange for writing about it, which I have done. And Um, same
0: thing for me. So I was given uh, a review license to use CleanMyMac, which we're going to talk about a little bit, too. So, yeah, MacPaw is just they, they really love their users. They're really... They're such a caring company, like their software is so beautiful and so easy to use, and it's just it's really really wonderful how much they they help people out so we just wanted to put out our full disclosures it doesn't it doesn't make us you know, oh, you know we're just gonna say you know all this stuff about them that's that's only great you know we're very critical and honest reviewers, um but
1: they really do make really great software mm-hmm. so for people who are unfamiliar with setup, it is a it, it it costs nine, yeah, it's $9.99 a month to get access of about 200 apps. And when I first started using it, it was under 100. So they're constantly adding apps. Wow, that's a lot of growth. So yeah, so what they do is you install the apps that you want to use. And the vendor, the developer, I should say, who created the app gets a little piece of of it every time you use that app, they I don't know how they figure out the the financial part of it, but that's how they do it. is, so is Can you talk a little bit about
0: like how's that compare to the Mac App Store, for example? Today we're mostly focusing just on Mac utilities. So mm-hmm. typically you would get your utilities, your software. Like in the past we would just go to a website and download the DMG file and, and install it, right? And then we kind of went to the Mac App Store, and then you would just install it from there. And then Setup is kind of like the Mac App Store, right? Except that it's, um, I guess they pay the developers differently than the Mac App Store would. But it is is—it is an online app store of some kind of a catalog. Well, But instead of buying them is, individually, you pay a
1: one-month Well, it's not online. It downloads to your computer. Oh, okay, okay. And mine is living, the set app is living, the icon is living in my menu bar. Okay. So not everything is downloaded. It's up to me to say, I want this app, I want that app, and I download those apps. And then if I say... Um, I don't need this app anymore. I can uninstall it, but then I can reinstall it later on if I want. Kind of like to. the app,
0: like the Mac App Store. That's similar too. You can cherry pick which ones you want, except that in the Mac App Store you have to pay individually for that, or you know right. an individual and, subscription, and that makes it kind of a. I mean, they keep it organized, but it can be kind of messy to have to think about everything yeah. that you're paying for separately. Whereas yeah. with Setup, you pay them it's one
1: nine ninety nine fee. a month, or if you pay by the year, it comes out to be eight ninety nine a month. If you do it that way, Um, there is a separate set app for iOS. I have not used that, so I'm not going to comment on that. But what they do is they have their apps separated by categories. So you can look at everything under all apps, or you can down, you can um, drill down to just maintenance apps or lifestyle apps or security apps or developer. So say, for example, you are writing a, you have a paper that you need to write and you say... Ulysses would be the best application for my particular need. Well, they have Ulysses. Mm-hmm. So you can download that, use it, and then when you're done, if you say, well, I don't really need this anymore, uninstall it. That's great for keeping your hard drive space really lean and tidy. You know, Clean My Mac is one of them, which I know, uh, Melissa, you'll be talking about it in further detail later on. That's one, and that is one that you know I install, I uninstall, and I use that to keep things you know clean on the mac as it's as it says um I also use this this well i use you've heard me talk about this before I use the app do d u e I don't use the set app version, I use the version that I had purchased on the app store this Plus, mine is on iOS. I don't use it on the Mac. This is what they use on Setapp is on the Mac. It's a little bit different, and it's a subscription model. If you don't get it through Setapp, mine is not. Mine was like $2.99 or $4.99 or something like that, and it serves my needs. But I like it much better than Reminders because it just bugs you until you yeah. finally answer it. <laughs> That's what advanced. I need. You, know, you need. you need someone to go, excuse me, I told you 15 minutes ago. You have to do this task. I told you half an hour ago, <laughs> you need to do this task. And then, of course, it gives you the option to put it off. Like, okay, I know I have to do this. Can't do it right now. Bug me again in an hour. Mm-hmm. I should have time then. And, you know, so that's what I really like about Do. Um, but there's, like I said, there's a different version on the Mac um, that you can get through Setapp. So they also have it for Teams. They give you a seven-day trial. I think setup is what you what I really think with setup, what you need to do is go to the website, look at all the apps that are available and decide, is there enough there that it makes it worth it for me to pay $9.99 a month right, or justify roughly, the cost. roughly $100 a year mm-hmm. every year to pay for this? You know, if you say, well, gee, there's only one or two that's really any good. Well, then you might be better off just buying those apps outright. But if you look and you say, "Well, wow, I can use this and I can use this," I mean, for example, let me just—you've uh, got Clean My Mac. You've got um, Gemini for finding duplicates. Another MacPaw. You've got To Do, the number two and Do, for a task reminder, uh, tasks and reminders. Paste, which is a copy and paste um, application. You've got the Ulysses, Canary Mail, if you need something for mail. Mind node. if you're looking at um, Ooh, that's mind mapping, one. I'm just uh, looking at some of these things. Um, manage Money Easily with Green Books. Manage Teams and Projects with Pagico. And that would there's be cool Mark. there because I know there's a lot of finance apps
0: out there, and I always want to try yeah. them. But, you know, I have a hard time committing to it because, I mean, yeah. it really takes a lot for me to commit to something like that. So that would yeah. be nice well, to be able to try them. Like, eh, I didn't yeah. like this one. Let me try
1: this one. There's another uh, mind mapper here, X. Capto, Record and Edit Videos, Boom 3D, which is is a volume booster. Oh, that's
0: on there?
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rapid Weaver. Oh, okay. I don't know how many people still use it, but I mean, if you want to develop a website, you've Mm -hmm. got that. Task Paper, which I think I had used once upon a time many years ago. Good Mm -hmm. Task, which is another Reminders app. iStat Menus, uh, Recover Files and uh, Avoid Data Loss with Disk Drill. There's just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff here. Home inventory, if you want to keep track of all your uh, Mm. items in your home so that, you know, for insurance purposes, you've got that. There's um, trip mode. I've heard people talk about that, which uh, will take like uh, hotel reservations and airline reservations and put it all together into one place so you can plan trips. Merlin Project Express for large projects. There's just for something for Movie. everybody, I think. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of. There's that. I think you had mentioned this, Melissa. I can never pronounce this. Te- you say sketches. Oh, Tayasui sketches. Yep, <laughs> that's on here. Worklift oh. for uh, FTPing. Mac See, Orme. and I have
0: so many of those already. I, I think that's partly why I haven't subscribed to it yet because I, I have all of those. But busy maybe. Cal.
1: BusyCal yeah. and Busy Contacts, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I use on a regular basis, oh, I use it constantly, actually, is um, Bartender. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. What, what does Bartender do? Oh, I love Bartender. You know how people say, what are the first thing that you install on your computer when you have a, you know, a brush install on your computer? Mm-hmm. Bartender. Hmm. It is a menu bar utility. They should have so, a category you know, like
0: that and set up like so first you- installs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you know that when you download a lot of these different applications, they ask you, "Do you want to put this in your menu bar?" And then after a while, it gets to the point where you can't see anything anymore because they're all shoved together, mm-hmm. or you know, it, it's just a mess. So that's what Bartender does: is it cleans it up. It allows you, you know, for example, I have, um, I don't know, I've did got you have maybe, just one menulet in your menu bar? Like, how many menulets do you have in your menu bar right now? What it. What it does is when you click on it, it opens up and it takes away the, um, you know, the menu bar headings, like file, edit, that goes away. And everything that you have in your menus, it all expands. So now I can see everything. Like I don't keep Dropbox open. I don't keep Time Machine Mm -hmm. uh, uh, visible. I don't keep Spotlight visible Mm -hmm. or Bluetooth or my battery. I don't keep any of that visible. But if I need to get to them for any reason, I just click on the, met, the uh, bartender icon and poof, they're all right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Almost like a dock in a way, like a docking station for all your yeah. manuals.
1: And then when I'm done, I just click on it and it all closes up. And just the icons that I want to see on a regular basis are there. Nice. Like my one password and my clipboard manager mm-hmm. and my, my um, Backblaze backup icon.
0: Mm-hmm. Things that you Those definitely want, keep, one-click access. Yeah,
1: to. the weather. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, my weather icon. Those I want to see all the time. But the ones that I want to have access to quickly, but I don't need to see all the time, they're in Bartender. Love Bartender. So that's like a quick little roundup of set app. Um, is that there's just a ton. I mean, I'm, I'm still scrolling through all the different. It's
0: fun to just like, it's almost like a little online uh, bodega, a little place to go shopping, a little window shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've got KeySmith. Create a shortcut for any action. Who to spot? File, find files faster. I know that's a popular app. Um,
0: Does it show you which ones are the most popular? Like how many downloads or how many people use no, them? No,
1: no, not that I can see. I imagine maybe
0: they feature ones yeah. so that they can they do up to the top. They
1: will do. They will do a feature when you open up your own set app in their in the menu bar. It'll say. It'll show recently used like it'll show clean my mac was recently used i use news explorer for an rss feed so that'll show that was recently used oh one that i use a lot is clean Shot x mm-hmm. and what that is is a different way of taking screenshots it has a little bit more power than just doing shift command 4 what i like about this one that i use all the time is if i want to take a screenshot but i can't fit the whole thing in i do the scrolling capture mhm so that way I can, you know, it, what it does is it will scroll down until I tell it to stop. So it will capture everything. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something I like. Um, yeah, there's some really, there's some good stuff in here. And, you know, you can, you can do a search for if you have a, a particular app in mind. If you said, I think someone told me Bartender was in said app. Is that true? And just type in bar and it will pop up. Oh, nice. Or you, Yeah. Or you can, you know, look under all apps or you can look under categories. There's productivity, lifestyle, security. And of course, a lot of them are on, uh, have multiple tags. So you might find the same app under maintenance as you do as productivity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think it's definitely something worth checking out. Now, do they ever have
0: sales on the subscription plan? You said it was around $8 a month.
1: It's $10 a month. It's $10 a month. By the month, $9 a month if you pay annually. So that's, what, $108? Pre-COVID, I did see occasionally it would be on sale for $69, but like through a Stack Social kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen anything in a couple of years like that. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do as a user is decide, is $100 a year for what they have to offer me worth it? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to
0: shift a little bit since we're talking about these types of uh, catalogs, like store catalogs. Um, I want to talk about Reno next because uh, they did give me a review license for an app called Folder Colorizer. Do you remember – I remember this This used to be a thing. I think we used to be able to assign colors to our folders. Do you remember back in like older Macintosh operating systems? Because I remember working in, in, uh, print bureaus and, uh, as a desktop publisher, um, project manager, like I remember having to manage projects and I remember colorizing my folders a long, long time ago. But whatever but the case, that, they, they took that feature away a long time ago.
1: Was that through the Mac OS or was that through a third party? It now,
0: now that you say that, I wonder if my, maybe it was like a third party. I just remember having the ability to be able to colorize the folders so that I could find things quicker. But whatever the case, like, you know, that was like back in like system probably either system seven, system eight, or system nine. I think it was pre-coco days. You know, I think it was before before we had to use uh Rosetta and things like that. But anyway, that 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 went away for some reason. And then I guess they favored labels. You know how you're or tags. You can you can tag your folders. So that will put like a colored dot next next to the folder and you can sort of sort things by tags and, and that's nice too. But I really missed that feature where you could just assign a color. And so Softorino has developed it for the Mac. I think they started out with a a PC or Windows version, but now they have a Mac version, and it's really lovely, I have to say. It's it's so easy. I'll tell you how I actually use this, and kind of on a a personal note, um, remember when we were talking a couple weeks ago, my grandmother had passed away, and I was developing a poster for her funeral, and I had to organize uh, pictures. Like, I was using my photos, but I had my cousins and my sister and people were sending me pictures that they thought maybe I could use for the poster. And I had to put those all together because when you go to – get the poster printed, they want you to navigate to a folder, you know, if you try to load it from your photos app, like I have thousands and like hundreds of thousands of pictures in my photos app, it's going to take forever. And I just wanted to be able to get to my folder really quickly. So I actually made a folder that I called grandmom. And you know, I made it pink, and I made it all pretty. And that's what folder colorizer is able to do for you, you can put a color instead of just having that plain blue folder icon. You can make it any color that you want, and in fact, you can actually – there's a really cool video that they, that they show it in action, um, and pictures speak louder than words, but if you want to watch this in action, it's really, really cool. You basically – you can either drag and drop the folder that you want to colorize, and you can not just do colors, but you can do um, icons like from your emoji set you know, so say you want to put a smiley face on it or like, you know, maybe for my grandmother's folder, I wanted to put like a little flower emoji on it and, and make it pink or something like that. You can do all those things. And they even have like a wallpaper feature. So you can put this beautiful wallpaper on it. So depending on how you like to view your folders in the finder, this can be incredibly incredibly useful for project management. You know, I can see where you can justify the cost of this if you're somebody who who does that for a living and has to manage multiple projects. And if you use the finder in that way where you're constantly viewing the folders and instead of just looking at the plain blue folders, you can colorize them and get to everything really quickly. Or like if you go to, you know, file open or say you're navigating to a folder from within the folder picker, you know, if you're if you're trying to upload something online, the uh, the folder icons would be a little bit smaller, but they'll still be colored. And it just draws your eye into it. So you can see it a lot faster. So I've been finding that really, really just fun, fun to use and just incredibly, incredibly helpful. So Softerino makes multiple apps, they have a whole list of products, they make something called Walter. Uh, I think that's Mm -hmm. for getting uh, YouTube videos or files, uh, or maybe it's files onto your onto your iPhone. There's something called, this is one's called YouTube Converter 2. There's something called iRing, uh, folder colorizer that I just went over. And then there's something called folder colorizer 2. That I think that's for, for PC. So it's for Mac and for PC. There's one called Zeus. And there's also a Walter HEIC converter. So if you're ever having an issue where you need to convert your JPEG uh, from an HEIC to a JPEG, because you might be working with somebody who doesn't accept that file format, you can convert it. Memory Optimizer, Task Force Quit Pro for maybe like uh, apps that are behaving badly, and Volume Concierge. So I haven't gone through all of the other uh, apps just yet. I will eventually, and then I'll, I'll report back on those. But the one that I've been using the most has been the, the folder Colorizer. So you can either pay for it individually. Like we were talking about these, these different, um, I don't know, app boutiques or whatever you want to call it, like these online catalogs. Like, so there's the Mac App Store, and then there's Set App. And then Soft Reno has something where they, they call it a universal license. So their particular software and all of their products, they kind of house them all under this universal license. So instead of just paying, let me find the price list here. Let me see. So for example, the folder Colorizer is $2. These are weird prices, but they're $2.92 a month if you buy an annual license, that's what it breaks out to. So that's not really that terrible. I mean, that's, that's pretty, you know, low and affordable. But you know, you get a bunch of these, like say you want to you want to get five other apps, then it starts to add up really quickly. So what they offer is called a universal license. And I think it's, uh, I put it in my notes here. It's pricey. But when you think about what you get for that price, it's actually you can probably justify it if you run a business or if you work for a place that would let you maybe like, you know, buy software through a license like this. It's three hundred dollars, but it's lifetime. And they even have a sale going on. Like when you sometimes when you click, they'll say, wait, you know, hold on before you leave. There's a sale. So sometimes there's a promotion that you can get a discount on that. But $300 for a lifetime. So that means that as new versions come out, and I know the Setup does this too, right? So as new versions come out, because you've been paying that premium, you just get the new version. So this isn't one of those things where you have to like pay for it per month. So you can figure out, I guess it's like, If you divide 12 into 300, it's like $25. So you'd be paying like $25 a month for a year and then you'd have it all paid for. But then that's it. That's it. You're not paying like year over year over year. It's lifetime. You know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. I said, if you're a business, you can probably justify the cost of everything if you find out that these apps are really, really boost your productivity. You know what I mean? There's probably some kind of algorithm or some kind of way that you can figure out that for the time that you would save... If you use these apps and they boost your productivity and you're not constantly wasting time doing these repetitive tasks over and over again, and the software can do it for you, then probably over time, it'll just pay for itself. You know what I mean? I think that's how a lot of, a lot of times these things work. So uh, that's Softorino and Folder Colorizer. I will put a link to the, the tutorial video of like how to do it. Uh, it's just, it's actually, it's just really fun to use and it's really, really, I think it would really boost somebody's productivity to use that. I mean, do you need this kind of an app? Like, do you have to have it? You know, probably not. I mean, you could just go and just be boring and, (laughs) you know, struggle to find your folders. Like, where was that? Where's the Geeky Show Ever folder? Like, why? Oh, there it is. It's green. Okay. You know, it sticks out amongst all the other ones. It just makes it that much easier. And I think it's probably going to be one of those things where once you start using it, you'll start to wonder like, how did I live? <laughs> how did I live without this before? You know, so that's what I like about that. So that is Reno and Folder Colorizer. Amongst all the other apps, you should go check out the rest of their offering and, and see, if it, see if there's something in there for you. I think that they have a, a good enough of a, a diversity in apps that you're probably bound to find something. And then I wanted to switch back to Mac Paw for a little bit because another one of the apps that I've been given a review license for is CleanMyMac, and I've been using it for many, many years. And it is just, I have to say, it is probably one of the most beautifully designed pieces of software I've ever laid eyes upon. It is just, like, as a, as someone with an art degree... And someone who is, you know, who used to design things for a living, I just, I think I'm qualified to say that it is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of software. I mean, everything, it just seems like they have thought about so many little details. Like, I'm looking at the dashboard right now, and on the left side, there's like a little sidebar and it has a list of all of the things that you can do with it. And even as you hover over each thing, you know, just these tiny little details. Like I'm hovering over system junk. It's got a little, looks kind of like a a vacuum cleaner with a hose coming out of it. It's red. And then I hover over to mail attachments and the little blue, the little envelope, it's like, you know, it's got a white outline of it for the little mail icon, the little envelope icon. And as I hover over it, it turns blue. And then I hover over trash bins and it turns like this bluish greenish color. Mm-hmm. And then I go to malware removal, and it turns orange i mean it 's just it 's just all the little details that they think of there 's a, there's a pop up that tells you what it is. I think that they have also spent a lot of time to put um, accessibility into their products too so that 's something else to maybe look for uh, so i 'll just kind of quickly read down the list of what this what clean my Mac actually cleans. So there's a, what's called a smart scan, and that's just kind of like an overview when you click that. And I'm not going to do this while I'm podcasting because I don't know what, you know, it's pretty system intense. Like it takes, it takes time and it scans through a lot of things. Uh, so there's smart scan that if you're just kind of in a hurry and you just kind of want to do like a quick cleanup. And then there's individual things. So they have not broken down into categories. The first category is cleanup. And under cleanup, you will find system junk. And that's for things that uh, it says it optimizes your system. It removes temporary files to free up space. It says clean your system to achieve maximum performance and reclaim free space. The next item is mail attachments. That's pretty self-explanatory. Then trash bins. Now, trash bins are like, you know, trash bins for all the other apps. Like there's a trash bin in your photos app. There's a trash bin in your mail app. It can go through all of those individual trash bins and empty those all at once. The next category down is protection. And there's two subcategories there. That's malware removal. That's pretty self explanatory. Um, there's privacy. Now, under malware removal, I saw this was kind of cute. It says at the bottom, it says stay regularly updated. And the last scan, when was my last scan? Too long ago. Too it says. long ago. <laughs> I
1: was just going to say that. <laughs> I just think that's cute. That's just like kind of nerdy. It's like, yeah. Too long ago. And the database was updated February 21st, 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the other thing. Have you ever seen those graphs that are called information is beautiful? That's what looking at this app is like. It's like information has been made beautiful to look at. It's just so easy on the eyes. I just love it. And these tiny little details just crack me up. Uh, The next one down is privacy. Uh, it says it removes browsing traces. It clears your browsing history. <laughs> so this is like, Elisa, if I die, tell somebody to run and Clean My Mac, please <laughs> Cle- <laughs> clear out my my history. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> the next category down is speed, and then the two subcategories there are optimization. This manages your launch agents and it takes control of what you're running, like all of your login items. And the next thing down is maintenance. Now here's this is a good one. This one allows you to free up RAM, free up purgeable space, run maintenance scripts, flush the DNS cache, speed up mail, re-index spotlight. That's a really important one. I need to do that. Repair disk permissions and time machine snapshot thinning. Now, you may say, well, what is that? Well, if you click on it, it'll actually explain it to you in detail what it does. So Time Machine Snapshot Thinning, that sounds kind of scary. It says, enable this feature to shrink the size of your Time Machine backups in a sophisticated way that would not affect their quality and the amount of actual data backed up. Uh, Usage recommendations used to minimize the size of your backups. So this might be helpful if you have a rather small backup disk. That would be. It helpful I will also to do that. tell
1: you the last time you ran it. Mine mm-hmm. was March eighth, twenty twenty.
0: Isn't that helpful? I just yeah. think that's like a little overdue. Helpful. <laughs> uh, it gives you recommendations. Like up in the upper right hand corner, it says Assistant. You click on that. It'll tell you what they recommend that you do, which is like pretty much everything. <laughs> uh, it says, "Mine says you're one thousand fifty four days with Clean My Mac." So I've cleaned a total of four hundred and sixty one point eighty three gigabytes. I've ran 18 tasks. I've scanned 41,518 files have been scanned and checked for vulnerabilities. So I have 12 apps to update. The app updater. Oh, that's that's next. So under applications, there's an uninstaller, an updater and extensions. And I love the updater that that is just so helpful. And what's really cool is so. It lists like for example, I have you know a couple of apps in here. I have Banktivity, Photo, Day One, OBS, Gemini Two, which is another MacPaw, the Honey um, Honey for Safari, so that extension. So it does extensions and apps, and it even has here Mac OS Monterey because I haven't updated to Monterey just yet. Just have not had the time since I moved. And there's a little I for information next to it. And when you click it, it says this item should be updated via the App Store application. And it even gives you a link to go to it. So they'll even, you know, tell you when, okay, this is a more of a, like, a this needs another heavy lifting kind of app to do this Mm -hmm. instead of just getting it from the servers that that it's connected to. Uh, there's an uninstaller. I have found that really useful because every once in a while I'll install something. I'll try it and then I think, eh, I haven't used this in so long. It's taken up space. Let me just get rid of it. And what I love about that is like if you've ever had to try to manually uninstall something, you know that it leaves behind things and like the preferences, the plists and the library files and stuff like that. This uninstaller gets all that stuff. It just takes care of it. So I really, really find that handy. Um, extensions, like sometimes, you know, you can extensions multiply like bunnies, and you end up with a bunch of them. And then you think, I don't know if I really want this, or I don't remember installing that. Uh, the other thing, this now I can't run this while we're talking, but there's something called Space Lens. I mean, this is just built into the app. And the last time I ran this, it was really, really cool. It reminded me of, I think, a one that you're going to talk about. Uh, wasn't it called Daisy Disk or something like that, or Disk Disc
1: Sweeper? Yeah, there was Daisy Disk. There was um, Grand Perspective? Oh, was one that I think that was one. That one was horrible to look at. Daisy Disk is more in line with Clean My Mac.
0: Yeah, and this it just makes a bl- a beautiful overview of what is taking up space on your disk. I just I think it's just so beautiful looking. Uh, large and old files, it'll let you know. You know, <laughs> it says find files finds your file graveyards. Lets you easily identify numerous forgotten items to decide on getting rid of them. So that's really helpful. And then there's one called shredder. I haven't really used this one much, but it is kind of cool. I think I think if I remember correctly, it does like a little graphic of like a paper shredding. So, it says erase sensitive data securely. Make sure that your erased files are unrecoverable by uh, unrecoverable by applying the secure erase feature. So instead of just, you know, deleting things, you know how there's like forensics that can go back in and recover things. So if you've got like really super secret stuff in there, like all Elisa's nudes, right? <laughs> Shh. I know, totally, buddy. But anyway, so I really, really love this app. I use it all the time. I'm so grateful for them giving me a review ve- license. I love developers that give us reviews because, I mean, I might not always talk about it, I might not always blog about it regularly, but I have clients and I have friends and family, and I'm always telling them about these apps. It, it really helps to be able to truly evaluate something that you might not have been able to afford to evaluate and you know i can basically share that with with everybody that i know and love and say hey you should really be using this on your mac so that is clean my mac x from macpaw and they do they do really really great stuff i'm really really pleased with their software like i said it's just it's beautiful it's just beautiful to look at
1: uh what do you want to do next what's
0: next on our list here
1: well one of the things you talked about with clean my mac is it will help you find those large files because sometimes you have um, DMGs that you forgot to toss into the trash, or maybe you're working on a big video project and now you're done with it, but you still have all those files hanging around. So what I use for that is OmniDisk Sweeper. It uh-huh. comes from Omni Labs, um, and it's free. And I've been using it for years. You know, they're the people that made OmniWeb and um, Omnigraphal and OmniFocus. This is just a free app. And all you do is you just say scan. And then what it does is it does it in column view. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you in order of biggest to smallest, what's taking up space. And I find for me, what takes up the most space that I delete all the time is the cache from Apple Music from listening to music that you're streaming. And I'll have a couple of gigs of that and like, goodbye. And you can just click on it, click the trash button, poof, it's gone. Now you have to be careful because once you hit the trash button, it doesn't go into your trash. It's gone. Poof, goodbye. So make sure when you want to delete something, you really want to delete something. But it's quick. It goes through. Give it a couple of minutes and then come back. And then you can just, you know, keep looking through your library, through the computer library, through your personal um, home folder library, and you can see all the different things that are taking up all that space that you probably forgot about. And went, oh my god, I didn't realize. Mail, my mail attachments are huge. You know, so sometimes yeah. I will go through those or your your messages because I find I find, and this is kind of a little tangent here. <laughs> We're always sending people mail attachments, whether it's a photo or maybe a little video of a concert, you know, maybe you send me a clip of of the Foo Fighters singing. Well, Mm -hmm. that might be 20 megabyte clip. And just hang Hang out there in your messages. Yeah. And the thing is, when I go into the actual message and then I go into our conversation and I delete, it doesn't delete. Most of the time, it doesn't delete. Mm -hmm. And if it does delete, it'll delete off my phone if that's what I'm using to delete. But it's still on my iPad, right? And it's still it's, on it's my computer. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's like it, it, it. I don't know why that is. Because if I send you something, poof, it shows up on all three. Mm-hmm. And if I delete the message, poof, it deletes on all three. I don't know what it is about attachments where it won't delete. Yeah, it takes forever. So. Too. And then by then you kind of give up on it. And then they just keep building up
0: and building up and building up.
1: And especially when you have like a couple of hundred attachments, whether they're little gifts or they're little pictures or Mm -hmm. screenshots or whatever it happens to be. And I'm going, I found that if I try to click like a whole bunch of them at one time, forget it. So I said, okay, let me try one at a time. But then when you do it, it brings you all the way back up to the most recent. Well, I want to go to the oldest Uh because maybe I want to keep the most recent. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And, oh. Right, because if you haven't like, looked for something in the last year or two, it's probably you don't need it.
1: Yeah, Most and of I'm the, time. the kind, I have my messages set for forever, meaning mm-hmm. keep them forever. Right. I might get brave and just say, you know something, let's just touch it to a year. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if I haven't looked back at it during the year, I probably don't need it. Mm-hmm. And normally what I do is if someone sends me a photo mm-hmm. and it's something that I want to keep, I download it immediately. Right away. Yeah, you know that that's so, your personal habit. Yeah. So it's not like I'm right going to go back. Yeah. I'm not going to go back and say, oh, Melissa sent me mm-hmm. this picture six months ago. I forgot to download it. Mm-hmm. I will download it right away if it's something I want to keep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, so that's another way to go through your large files and it doesn't cost you anything. And if you decide that you don't like it, you haven't spent any money.
0: That's great. Hearing you talk
1: about it reminds
0: me of the next thing that I want to talk about, which is iMazing. I know we're kind of skipping around on our list a little bit, but I keep thinking about what you were talking about with messages and stuff. And iMazing is another one. So disclosure, they have given me a review license. And it's another one that I always like tell my friends about and you know, a lot of times I'll I'll convince my clients to install it on, on their machines. It's um let's see, how would I describe it? It's it's a backup utility. For your iOS devices, iPads, iPhones, instead of just relying upon iCloud, which, you know, we all do, at least I do, I rely, rely on it. iAmazing is another way to back up things that lets you access it a little bit easier. Like you were talking about messages. One of the things that I do with iAmazing is, like we were talking before, like we mainly use it when it's time to do like a next like upgrade to the next the next major operating system or if I'm doing like a, a major backup I use iAmazing to save uh, PDFs of my messages. So, let's say, for example, there might be like a, a conversation between a client and I where we were discussing something, and I knew that we were, I was going to need that conversation for future reference. Like, say it was a web project or something. I can take my conversation just between me and that one person and export a PDF of that of that conversation. And let's say, for example, um, there were screenshots that were exchanged back and forth. And those screenshots contain, you know, pertinent details about the web project or something, you know, that they want to correct it or something they wanted to to do with their website, but I might not like remember it right away. I export those images and I can I can even and here's how I can make them work together. So I could export them into a folder of just the images for that project. And then I could use folder colorizer to color it And Mm -hmm. and put an icon on it. You see how that works out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but iAmazing is really, really great for backing up your devices, um, for being able to get, you know, drill down into your messages. Um, it's, I've used it in the past to actually drag music. Like say I didn't want to go through, this was back during the days of like iTunes and stuff. Say I didn't want to, um, go through iTunes or say I wanted to transfer a ringtone. I've used it for that where I've just been able Mm -hmm. to drag and and drop it. So it's been good for that. So yeah, it's just it's a really really great backup tool. Again, it's like Information is Beautiful. They they've designed it really beautifully and everything is really pretty clearly explained. You can use it to do updates on your phone. You can, you know, download the update and have it do that. I've used it for wiping devices. Like um, it comes in really, really handy because within the family, we do a lot of hand-me-downs, you know, so somebody like I'll get the latest phone and then, you know, when it's time, I might hand it down to my son. And so I wipe it off using iMazing and then I set it up again using it and then I give it to my son. So it's been really helpful for that over the years. I've, I've been using it for a long, long time, many, many years. I really, really like it.
1: Yeah, I have too. And I keep my backups on an external drive.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, and I do too, actually, because they do take up quite a lot of space. And that's the other great thing is you can specify where you want those backups to occur. So everybody knows I have Sesame Street monsters, so I can say, okay, back it up to Grover. (laughs) Or, you know, I might make, you know, duplicate backups that I then alternate. So back up to Grover and then put this one on Zoe and put that one on Cookie Monster. So, yeah, that really that really helps you manage your space, especially like I I like to live lean. I like to keep a really small hard drive. And that's just that's because of, you know, price. I'd rather spend the money on the processor or the RAM and then just use external hard drives. So I keep my I keep my internal hard drive, you know, pretty lean. And then I use external hard drives, multiple ones to to do this kind of stuff. So um, what else? Let's see. It backs up your phone logs that's been really handy. Like if I need a phone log, because I don't know if you've noticed, but your cellular carrier will only show your phone log for so long. And then I think it kind of wipes and starts over. I don't know what the time frame is. I don't know if it's month to month, but that's really handy for like, if you had to, you know, go back in history and say, okay, when did I have that discussion with that client about this, this matter, you know, and you can, you can use that. Um, ringtones, it manages ringtones. That's been a lot of fun. There's there's other apps. So Reno has one for ringtones that I'm gonna explore and maybe compare the two and see how they see how they match up. Contacts. Um it's it's just been really handy for managing a family full of phones and iPads. Um, I know, for example, like when one family member had passed away, that phone then needed to be, you know, wiped and then made for another family member. And so I amazing to the rescue for that. I was able to back up all that data just in case there might have been something that somebody wanted later like pictures or maybe contacts or things like that. And so I was able to use I amazing to back up that person's the the deceased person's phone and then be able to wipe it and give it to the the next, you know, the person that inherited the phone. But then also, like, if they ever decided they wanted something, I could put it, I, I put it on a hard drive and gave it to them and then just wiped it off of my hard drive, you know. So, so I've been able to do that. I think I helped some clients a couple of times where they were missing some songs or some ringtones. And it was just really fast and easy to be able to just plug their phone in, use iAmazing, and then be able to drag the, the files over that way and then just erase it. So that's been really helpful, too. So, yep, that's a really, really useful utility. And again, these are things that, you know, if you had to, when you have to pay for them, you know, you could decide like, is it like your, is it, is it that useful to you that it saves you time? Or gives you the ability to be able to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to do. It's like electricity in your house, you know. You could live in your house without electricity, but it probably wouldn't be very pleasurable. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's nice to have lights. It's nice to have electricity. Same thing with running water. You could live in your house without running water, but it's not that much fun without, you know.
1: And keep an eye on Amazing because they do have sales. They do, yes. You know, either they have the sale or a third party like a Stack Social we'll have a sale. Because right now mm-hmm. it's 34 99 for one device, or it is uh, $44.99 for two devices, and then it goes up or there depending on how many. Mm-hmm. Or you could do unlimited devices for 44 99 per year. So that would be the subscription model. Now, are they so the- set
0: up? I forget. No. Okay. They're separate.
1: Nope. They're not because I bought mine separately, but I mm-hmm. bought it when it was I use my iPad and my phone, mm-hmm. and I think at that time they didn't separate it into different devices
0: mm okay, yeah, that sounds familiar and
1: i and I got it on a sale. I don't know it was like twenty five dollars maybe I don't remember mm-hmm. it was a long time ago yeah
0: they do have they do have good sales on it. Um, another thing, as we're talking about sales, I should mention this. Um, I belong to a local Macintosh users group, the Tucson Macintosh users group. If you are listening and you're in Tucson, I highly encourage you to go check out tmug.com. And wherever you are, look up your your local users group. And a lot of times they have deals with different companies for discounts. So you might want to check that out and you know, join, and it might be worth it just to... Might even, you know, pay for the membership due alone just with the the savings that you might get if they have uh, agreements with different software developers for discounts. Let's see. Another one on our list is 1Password. We've talked about 1Password a lot, but it's, you know, it's our useful utilities list, and it's incredibly useful. It's one of those things where, you know, we've decided to just go all in and get the the family plan and we pay for that annually. Again, I, I think it's, it's I've been using it for so long that I kind of yeah. don't know how to live without it,
1: if that makes oh any sense. I just, you don't. know, I, I hear people talking about uh, the new Macs, the new MacBook Pros coming out without a touch bar. Oh, touch bar wasn't popular. And I'm just thinking, my God, I will be lost without my touch bar because that's what I use to get into 1Password.
0: Well, the touch, I,
1: the touch ID. The touch
0: ID. Yeah. Just the touch ID. I have to say, I don't use the rest of my touch bar. I use the touch ID all the time. Except lately I haven't been, because remember I said since we moved here, I think I I destroyed my fingerprints and I've had a hard time. Like I've been scanning other fingers, like fingers I don't use all that often, and I'm still having a hard time. Thank goodness for the Apple Watch. I really like the Apple Watch unlock, especially for one password. I use that more than I use the the fingerprint, yeah. but I no, I love the, the touch ID, but I don't really use the rest of the
1: because yeah, I, I use it for yeah. I use it for volume up and down a lot. But otherwise, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't either. It's just the one just the it's, if they got rid of the touch bar, but just kept that little touch ID. I think
0: they did. I, did they? I, yeah, I think that's what I think that's how it is. I think that the I don't know. if it, I don't think it's the power button. I think it's a, a separate designated touch ID button. All on yeah. its own.
1: Then I'd be okay if they yeah. got rid of the touch bar, but yeah. I still have the touch ID button. I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think because be fine. because I'm in I'm in one password constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly going somewhere where I have to put in a password or whatever. Mm-hmm. it's like
0: yes, yes. Yep. We're using it yep. for so, estate planning. It's just yeah. It's one of those yep. tools one, where yeah, I don't know how to live without. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to live without it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That and uh, there's also Dropbox that we use a lot. We've talked mm-hmm. about Dropbox before. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are getting away from Dropbox and going into iCloud. But for certain situations, like for, you know, you and I to mm-hmm. share uh, the geeky Show Ever folder, mm-hmm. we do it on Dropbox because it's just easier. Yeah. And it's, it's right just there. It's kind
0: of out there and people use it. And it's cross-platform. Yeah. I haven't tried to share things with, with iCloud without, you know, outside of my iCloud family. So we'll have to test that out and see if, if it can give Dropbox a run for its money. But then, like, I don't think you have like the the large plan. Like, you just have the small plan. So, I have two hundred storage. Yeah,
1: I have yeah. two hundred gig,
0: mm-hmm. and then it counts against your.
1: Well, I don't know if it's
0: shared. Does it count against your personal storage space? I yeah. would think so. Yeah, we'll have to investigate. It's just like that.
1: Dropbox. It's just like Dropbox. Some things if don't you, though. Like, like if shared you photo s-
0: albums, they don't count against your personal space. So I wonder. No,
1: but but on Dropbox, if I throw, it's like. If I throw a big file into the um, geeky Show Ever folder, right, that goes against, against you, mine,
0: right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So if you don't have the space, that's a problem. Yeah, that's what I wonder.
0: We'll have to investigate that and, and tinker with that and see if that's still mm-hmm. the case between iCloud users. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you are like, what if you are, you know, trying to share something with somebody who only has the five gig plan? You know what I mean? Like they're not paying for it because they just don't use it. Maybe they use Dropbox. Maybe they use Microsoft. Maybe they use Google. Who knows? You know, maybe they just use the shell of the iPhone, but they use all the other software because people do that. Um, And maybe, you know, trying to share between iCloud. I wonder if it does count against space on the other end. So we'll have to investigate that. But anyway, so yeah, so Dropbox is, it's just one of those things like where I sat down at the computer and I was like, what are all the utilities that I use even just to produce the the podcast? You know, between you and I, we both do our end of production. Like what are the utilities that we're using On a regular basis. And so yeah, Dropbox is one of those. Um, Another one that I have on the list is another little, it's just a tiny useful thing. It's called push mic control. And I am so sorry, I'm going to butcher this name. The developer's name is Jose Antonio Jimenez Campos, I believe. And I don't know if I said that correctly, but there will be a link to the show notes. So you can see that for yourself. Uh, It's one of those things where it hasn't been updated in a long time. Because I think maybe it's just so simple that it doesn't need to be updated because it is still working with Big Sur, and I would be really sad if it breaks when I upgrade to Monterey. And I'm not sure exactly how to test that before that time comes, so we'll find out the hard way (laughs) when when the the day comes. But that's one that I use during the podcast. Uh, It mutes the microphone. It's just something where you can you can um, program which which uh, key combination you want to use, and for me, it's just function and control. And I just press it and the little microphone in the menulet goes from red to white. And then I know if I'm muted or not. So that's been really, really handy for all those Zoom calls and, you know, for podcasting in general. Another one, there's, there's two actually from the same company called Ecamm. And these are ones that I've just been using forever, like just, you know, probably the better part of a decade or more. One is called Eyeglasses and the other one is called Call Recorder. And call recorder is what I'm using to record my end of the podcast. You know, we both talk through Skype just because it's it's something that we could both see each other and hear each other on. I wonder, I think, have we tried? Oh, that's right. We can't use FaceTime. We thought about using FaceTime, but then there's no way for me to record my end. So I've been using call recorder because that's what hooks through Skype because I don't have all the other, like, fancy stuff. Like, you have, um, what do you use? Audio hijack. Audio hijack. Audio hijack, yeah. So I haven't I haven't sprung for that yet. Um so that's something I'll probably investigate in the future. But for now, I mean, if it ain't don't fix it, so knock on one. <laughs> that's what I've been using. Uh eyeglasses is another little like tiny utility that's really cool. I was showing you before we got to recording what it does. And it's basically a webcam utility. And it uh can help you it, it can do silly things, but I don't use it for the silly things. Like it'll put little, you know, doves floating around your head or, you know, Like you bonked your head and you have birds flying around or hearts that come out or you can make your eyes bug out. I mean, it it is silly. Like
1: Snapchat filters.
0: Yeah, it does like a filter type of thing. But what I like to use it for is um, it can zoom in. So maybe I don't want everybody to see the mess that's in my office and I just want them to focus on just me. Uh, You can zoom in or you can make it wide again. So when we're having a group call with the whole family in here, then it gets everybody in the camera. Um, You can flip it, mirror it. You can rotate it if you needed to. I don't know exactly why I would do that, but it's in there. Um, The thing I like a lot is you can control the focus. You can control the um, exposure. So I was saying earlier, like sometimes a lot of light comes in the window. I might want to back the exposure down just a little bit, you can you can do that. You can even save a preset. So if you know you're going to be on a video call at a certain time of day, and you know what what the light looks like in that room at that time, you can save a preset where you do all of your adjustments and make it look just right. And then when you sit down to do your video uh, interview, you can just click that preset, and it'll just automatically change the lighting and everything that's in the camera for you. So that one's really, really handy. Uh, what else is that? Oh, I think the last one we have on our list is uh, Super Duper. Super Duper, which is Super what I duper. use
1: after I'm done recording the podcast and everything is ready to go. I do my 17 different backups. <laughs> and one of them is mm. Super Duper. I've been using it for, oh, my God.
0: I can't even remember how far.
1: it's it. I used the free version for a long time because it did everything I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then I decided you know i 've been using this for such a long time, I should pay him, mm-hmm. and it was what thirty dollars yeah yeah it 's not right. that expensive in fact i i I also used to use mike
0: uh, and uh yeah carbon copy cloner, carbon. say that twenty times fast. Um, and he's really fantastic, and that's really fantastic software. But I had already used it, and I just thought I wanted to see what Super Duper would do. And in fact, I think I had just like you. I think I had used the free version too in something that I was doing a long, long time ago. And I thought oh, I'm just going to go with this because it was it was less expensive at the time. It was just you know it cost less compared, and it just seemed like it was a little bit easier to use. And I really, really like the scheduling feature. That's what I've been using a lot is the scheduling. And I'm going to have to use my mic control here because the dog's going to bark.
1: <laughs> I've never done it that way because, like I said before, I don't have hard drives attached to my computer because I have a um, a laptop and I'm in a small space. So I don't have that. So it's when I'm doing a backup with SuperDuper, I'm intentionally hooking up my hard drive to the computer, running it at that point, and then... Disconnecting and putting everything away until the next time, yeah and that that's fine, and that works for me and I have used my backup to uh, uh, when I've had to put a new hard drive, and back in the days when you could replace the hard drive yourself oh I miss it I miss it way back when <laughs> that's what I would do. I would do a backup onto you know onto super duper and I would also do a time machine backup, then I would replace what how did we used to oh i, I think, well I think the way that I was told to do it that would be easier. Is to do the backup, and then do the super duper transfer onto the hard drive before you put it into the computer. Yes, for and sure. Then put it then put it into the computer, and it right. would it was beautiful. It worked great, mm-hmm.
0: especially because there were some times when there was computers that couldn't really uh, install the upgrade, but you could kind of cheat by putting it on the hard drive and then installing the hard drive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I miss those days. Yeah. Back in the day, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've been using Super Duper for, I'd say, at least 10 or 12 years, if not longer. Mm-hmm. And I think longer.
0: Yeah, these are just great. These are just such great little apps that we've just been using for so long. that, like I said, it's kind of like it's hard to imagine life without them because we've been using them so long that they really are truly a utility. They're such a useful utility that you just don't think about it. Like I've had to kind of like been forced to like really think about all of the things that I use on a regular basis. And just to, you know, just do simple everyday tasks just makes them that much easier. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, (laughs) people (laughs) like a a cave person doing it that way, you know. What do you mean you have to do it manually? Uh Uh-uh.
1: Let me see here. Super. I'm looking at my one password. Super duper. Aha. There you go. Okay. I you you Okay. I paid for it on September 10th, 2013. Hmm. So that's when I paid for it, and I was using yeah, but you your credit it for card years before that. Yeah, your credit card has been charged 27.95 for this order. mm Hmm. <laughs> oh. I placed, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm wrong. I placed the order on October 28th, 2011. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's when I paid for it. And I was using it for a couple of years prior to that. Isn't that cool? How you can just like look that up. Yeah, because I put it in my one password. I put the receipt in there. Mm-hmm. She's got her receipts. <laughs> yeah. Version 2.7.1. And now it is version 3.5. Nice. And it is going to be compatible. It is it is compatible with uh,
0: with Monterey. So that's one thing on my list.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we covered everything, yep, right? I think we got through our list. Yay! Okay, so, Melissa, if people want to get in touch with us and tell us what their favorite utilities are, how would they do so? You can head on over to
0: com. There's a contact form you could also email us podcast at ever.com maybe there's a utility that we didn't discuss that we really need to know about or maybe you want us to review it on one of our episodes you can mm-hmm. send us an email that's podcast at ever.com you can also reach out to us on twitter at geekiest show we dropped the ever it's just geekiest show so mm-hmm. check us out over there
1: Yep. And if you want to reach me on Twitter, I'm at Elisa Pacelli1. And Melissa, everything uh, for her is at the Mac dom- oh, excuse me, themacmommy.com. That's me. That's Melissa. So once again, we thank you for listening. We would love to get some feedback from you. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.
0: Hello everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, the show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them and of course just what makes them
1: tick. That plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network.